praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It's, it's always, underline always, it's always a privilege to be here in this church with all of y'all. And you just are always so, you're so kind. You make us feel like family. You make us feel at home. And we appreciate it. And also, Branches are we are at home. We've been we've been friends now for a long time. And uh, so, can I tell about when we met, Connie? When we I too. Brother French came to be the director of the school, and and I was on staff there, and he came, and I did not know him. And, kind of to himself like and uh, after he had been there for a little while I realized how he was and, and, and his nature and the way he handled things and he says I said to him one day you're an odd duck you know <laughs> But he's the best odd duck I know. I tell you the truth. Could we give him a hand clap? Praise God. Amen. Amen. We love the Frenches. All the all of them. Every one of them. And there's getting to be more of them to love. I tell you. Amen. Don't turn them loose in the woods. thank the Lord for uh, what he's done for uh, for us because Joan was uh, so out of it for five and a half months and then just one day she started talking <laughs> well OC uh, such and such long till she said I told her how long she'd been sick she said I guess we've missed a lot of Rush Limbaugh haven't we? <laughs> well I could stand to miss Rush but I guess if I had <laughs> it was just odd to me uh, but anyway uh, uh, thank you for the and, and I'll tell you what the uh, the message Brother Nathan French, I'm going to say something about that, and I hope that you do not think that I'm just talking. I believe that's the best message that I've heard in 30 years. I thought that was just a super anointed message from God. Amen. And uh, I appreciate it. I never know it. I didn't know that he'd, I'd get to Willie's because I have to preach after Nathan. <laughs> All right, uh, if you will turn with me to uh, 
Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 and 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Amen. Let's praise the Lord. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we want you, Lord, oh God, to touch us. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. And I, I would like tonight to start off a little bit different. You know, um, I love stories and most people love stories. I find very few that would not care for a good story. But uh, stories have been in existence a long, long time. And we brought a lot of stories over here from the old country. And a lot of the hollers and so forth that was inhabited down in Kentucky and Tennessee and West Virginia. And they were all, they kept stories, stories alive. And so um, if I have found out that no matter how old people are or how young people are, if you say to them, most of the time, if you say to them, long ago and far away there lived, you just about capture most people. So let me start out. Long ago and far away, there was a young boy that lived in a country a long time ago that his job was to milk the cow. His job was to milk the cow and be sure that the family always had plenty of good milk and he had to take care of the cow. But for some reason, the cow got to the place that she didn't give as much milk as she should. And eventually, it became obvious to the young man that somebody, maybe, and apparently was stealing the milk. 
And so he decided it must be happening at night because most of the day he was somewhere close around. And so he decided what he would do was stay up all night. Ever how long it took, and he would see what was going with the milk. He was out there, and all of a sudden, about 3 o'clock in the morning, there came a sky maiden sliding down a moonbeam, and she stepped on the ground, and she had a silver bucket in her hand, and she went over and started to milk the cow. The young man that was in charge, he spoke, and it frightened her, and she started to leave, and he said, no, no, don't, no, don't go, don't go, that's it's all right, let's, let's talk. And uh, so finally she settled down and she agreed to come back. And she came for two or three nights and they had become friends. And... Uh, so they finally decided, after a while, they finally decided that they, they would get married. She said, though, there was one thing, if we get married, you'll have to let me go back to my, where I come from, my world, and let me stay for a little while, then I'll come back. And so he anxiously awaited her return. And one night she slid back down the moonbeam and she had a box under her arm. And she said, now I'm, I'm going to go through with this and I'm going to marry you if you'll promise me one thing that you will never, ever look in the box. He said, all right, it's fine with me. And so they got married, and they had a happy life. But 20 years later, one day while she was gone, he saw the box under the edge of the bed and he couldn't stand it. And so he slid the box back out from under the bed. He opened it up and he saw nothing. So he closed it back up and slid it back under the bed and his wife came in, and she said, you have opened the box. Well, what difference did it make? 
There was nothing in it. And she said, I'll have to leave you. Why? Because she said what means everything to me means nothing to you. She left and never returned. Now, that was a story, and that was a fable. But let me tell you a true story. God was somewhere in his heavens. We know a little bit about heaven, or the heavens, the stars and the moon and the sun. We know a little bit, not a whole lot, but enough to know that it's so massive and only a creator could have put it all together. Don't know where heaven is. <clears throat> I don't know just we talk about heaven and we know the Lord was up there. And one day, one day, after God looked down, he took off his crown. He took off his robe. And came down to earth. And robed himself in flesh. That he might save us. And this light that came down through the stars in the east into a stable. And they say the stable is not like we think of it. It was a kind of, it was built underground like it was, part of it was underground. He was in the one that was so great, the one that was so wonderful, the creator of the whole world came down. No wonder any time anybody finds the Lord, they have to stoop to do it. <laughs> And you know what? He came looking for a bride. And I want to be in the bride. I want to be a I wanna, I wanna be a part of everything God's doing. I want to be a part of everything that God is thinking about. 
I don't want to miss anything that he wanted. A terrible thing would be to live and die in this world and not ever reach where God wanted us to be. There's a place that we can set by him. There's a place he puts his hand on our head. There's a place he, he massages our hearts. There's times that he says, well, done, thou good and faithful servant. I'll make you ruler over many. He came down, 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 looking for a bride. And I hear him say, how often would I have gathered you together like a hen gathereth her brood? Amen. Amen. Oh, God, don't let me scamper away from you when you're trying to get me under your protective wing. Don't let me move away when you want me to come here, God. I want to come as near, God, as you'll let me be, as you'll let me come. You see, Calvary, and I read it to you, Calvary was predicted. It was in prophecy. And so, he fulfilled that prophecy when he came down from on high. He fulfilled that prophecy whenever he came down here and let men spit on him. Let men beat him. Let men curse him. Let men crucify him. He came. What does that mean to us? What does that mean to us? People take it so lightly. What does that mean to us? What meant, what meant everything to him means nothing to a lot of people. <laughs> curse, people curse and use the name of the Lord in vain. People say all kind of things. People, I stand at the grocery stores sometimes and I'm amazed at, at, at people are walking in and they've got about three things on their minds. The biggest part of them, that's to get, get some beer and then go get the cigarettes and then get to take the chance Try to win a little money that they didn't earn. And they walk out. And nobody seems to have any, any feeling. Because you see what means everything to God. Do you realize that most people are not 
in the house of God tonight. Most, most people are still on their drinking binge. Do you realize that there be folks smoking and drinking and cursing all night long? Do you realize that people are paying $7,000 for to a ticket to the Super Bowl? Not just one 7,000, but for them and every one of their kids and their wives. But they wouldn't give a nickel to what God wants done. They wouldn't give anything for the offer. If God told them he'd give it back to them, pressed down, shaken up, praise God. They wouldn't pay that any attention because they know more than anybody else. And just don't tell us anything about God. Don't teach us anything about God. I want to say, God, what means it to you? It means everything to me. Praise God. You see, I, I may can't see it. I can't see it. Well, I want to tell you something. Just because you can't see it, doesn't mean God can't see it and God is not there and God didn't put it there. Oh, he loves us so much. He loves man so much. He, he, will, he wants to be effective so much. He wants to be to you what he'd like to be. If you're here tonight without God, you need to, you should have your hands lifted coming to this altar, amen, and not go another moment without seeking the, the face of God because God loves you enough to walk up Calvary's hill. He loves you enough to put aside, to put aside his royal garments and come down here and be spit upon. Who do men say I am? You know what that tells me? <laughs> he wants to know. He wants you to know who he is. Who do men say that I am? Oh, they said, uh, some say Elijah. <laughs> some said you're Elijah. Some say Jeremiah. <laughs> some even, thank you, John the Baptist. Or, or one of the prophets. Jesus wasn't satisfied with that. But he said, but who do you say I am? Praise God. He wants to know what you think about him. He wants to know how you feel about him. He wants to know, do you know who I am? He wants you to touch the hem of his garment. He wants us all to feel his presence. I don't know how people go without feeling the presence of God. 
I, I don't want to go one week without feeling the presence of God. When I'm in a church service and I don't feel the presence of God, I get very concerned because, number one, I love to feel the presence of God. Praise God. Praise God. He wants people to know who he is. <laughs> Philip said, okay, Lord. Now, he said, I'll tell you what, Lord. I'll tell you what. If you feel just, there's a lot of talk going on, and a lot of, but I tell you, if you'll just show us the Father, that'll satisfy us. You just show us the Father. <laughs> he said, Philip, have you been so long time with me and you have not known me? When you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Praise God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't, don't make the courses have to get us up from our seats. Don't make the, the people that's running the service have to coach us and coax us to no, amen. We love God because he is and because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. I don't want to read the Bible. I, some say, you just do, I don't get nothing out of it. Don't, I don't get anything out of it. Well, you look in the, in the Bible and what means everything to God means nothing to you. It's time to get desperate. And if you, get, if you hit a dry spell in reading the Bible, just keep reading. Just keep reading it. One day, one day, hey amen, it's not going to be an empty box. With just air in it, it's going to, you. all of a sudden, it's going to jump out at you. And you're going to say, whoa, that, oh, God, thank you, God, for letting me feel that. Thank you, God, for letting me see that. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Some look in the Bible, and they see nothing. Holiness. Holiness means. Nothing. Nothing. People think that holiness is worthless. Just something man's concocted. I hear the Bible saying, without holiness, no man can see the Lord. Don't you, don't you let the devil talk you. Don't, young people, don't, let, don't go to some convention somewhere and let the young people tell you you don't have to live the way you're supposed to live. You don't pay that no mind. You're talking to backsliding people. Oh, they may run and rip and tear all over the building, but that don't mean that they're living for God. You stay with it. You stay with it. 
you, you listen to your pastor and your, your, your workers. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. In order to have God without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And I want to tell you what righteousness is. Righteousness is holiness. Praise God. Amen. The righteousness of God. Oh, in the little fable that I told you about, she never came back. She never came back. But in the real story I told you about, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Praise God. He's coming back. That's why we got to deny ourselves. Take up the cross and follow him. You know, the man was down on his luck and he was a finisher of fine furniture. But he was down on his luck and he was hungry and he saw a man coming towards a dumpster with a chair, a beautiful chair. And he said to himself, he said, if I could get that chair, I could fix it and I could make me some money. And he walked, he met the man at the dumpster, dumpster and he said, sir, if you're going to throw that chair away, would you give it to me? The man didn't say anything. He just took and beat the chair out on the dumpster into a thousand pieces, picked them up and threw them off and walked off, never said a word. The man got in worse poverty and he decided to commit suicide. He tied something on his back and climbed on a, over a, a limb over a rushing stream so that he couldn't change his mind. And he was just fixing to jump when he heard a voice. He said, sir, if you're going to give that life away, would you give it to me? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Oh, yeah. Oh, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Oh, you don't want to drink your life away. You, you don't want to curse your life and smoke your life away and be hateful all your life. Give it to the Lord. Give it over to God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We gotta win the lost. We gotta win the lost. We gotta win the lost. That's why we're. You say, I wonder why? I wonder why. So many people don't know the truth, and how do I know it? Why? Why do I know it? I tell you why. You were supposed to win the lost. That's what we're for. <laughs> Praise God. You say, well, I just don't know how to witness to anybody. I don't want to talk. I want to tell you something. What, it's a lack of faith is what it is. And it's not a, you don't have to worry about you. 
You have, to, you have to have faith that God is going to move on the person that you talk to. It's not you, but it's him. And if you move, if you say a simple testimony to somebody, why don't you tomorrow, why don't you just say tomorrow, I'm going to find somebody and I'm going to, would you let me tell you my experience with God? Would you let me do that? And if they say, oh, no, we'll go to somebody. I want to tell somebody my experience. Would you let me tell you my experience? Why don't you do that tomorrow? And, and if you start talking to them and telling them about how that you didn't know the truth and you found the truth and you came to church and you went to the altar and you prayed and you saw God, you repented, and then how that you were baptized in his name and how you felt and tell them, tell them how that when the Holy Ghost came, you spoke in tongues and you felt so light and, and so wonderful and you tell them that. You know why you don't tell them that? It's because you don't think you're worth anything in a testimony. It's not you. It's what God's going to take that testimony and drive it home. We're responsible. We're responsible. And if we don't do it, it's like taking the walking stick away from a crippled man. <laughs> if we don't do it, it's like taking a boat from a drowning man. It's like taking a fire escape from people that's upstairs in the buildings on fire. That's how. You've got all, we've got all this. We've got all this. And what are we doing with it? And sometimes we come in and we say, Pastor, I just discouraged. I'm just discouraged. I don't, I don't know if I'm making it. I'm getting weak. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's... That's not even in the equation if you just really understood. Amen. You're not supposed to get that way. Amen. You're supposed to just keep walking on. Amen. I'm going to tell you, what would you do if you didn't have God? If you was a sinner and you had the same problems, what in the world would you do? No, Calvary. Calvary. Calvary is not a fable. It's a real story. It's a real happening. <laughs> Calvary is a real happening, Brother French. Praise God. Amen. It may have happened over 2,000 years ago, but it happened for me. It happened for you. And so tomorrow when you see that person that you've been seeing a lot, you realize one thing. Jesus died for them. He died for them. And maybe you ought to tell them. Maybe nobody tells them. What they usually tell them 
If you accept Christ as your personal Savior, you don't ever have to worry about anything. You can live the way you want to and do what you want to, and you're going to be saved. Uh-uh. 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 No. That's a fable. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Praise God. Praise God. That came after the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Well, Brother Francis. Praise the Lord. Let's stand, shall we? Praise God. We're going to gather right here in the altar, and we're going to pray that God will give us the best week in his presence. Whatever your need is tonight, we're going to pray a special prayer for your need, your travels, whatever is coming. Let's just gather and get as close as we can. And as we come, are, are the musicians coming up? Brother French, you have a song that, that I know some of the words to? Because I can make them up. It just depends. All right, so let's gather. Let's get as close as we can. We're going to have special prayer and ask the Lord to do it. Could you lift your hands with me right now? And let's give God praise. Let's thank the Lord because he came and he had the answer for us. <laughs> Lord, what you've done means everything to us. What you love means everything to us tonight. Father, I pray for your spirit to touch every life in this place. Lord, this is a sanctuary. This is not just another service. It's not just a filler. This is, Lord, the very plan of God for our lives. Lord, you could come before morning and this is our opportunity. This is our day, and we're going to serve you. We're going to witness. We're going to stand for God in this dark hour, and we're going to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, would you lift your hands? Let's praise him right now. Let's just lift our hands one more time. Father, I thank you because you're moving. You're going to save our loved ones. You're going to touch our children. You're going to make a difference. Lord, you're going to turn the tide. Pray for somebody that you're comfortable no with. Just pray with them. Let's believe God for one another right now. And as you do, let the Spirit of the Lord touch that individual that's near you there. Father, tonight, I pray that you'll flow through these sincere hearts tonight. We thank you, Jesus. We pray right now that you'll touch every life. But I pray that you'll make the difference in us. Have your way in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. More of you. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be than here in you.
just bow our heads for a moment? Let's just bow our heads all across this sanctuary. I want us to pray for brother and sister Marler, that God, could you do that? Just stretch your hand toward the platform, wherever they are. Just Let's just pray for them right now. Father, we thank you for the good word tonight. Lord, it means so much to us to hear it from our elder. And we thank you because the anointing is here. It's not just emotion. It's not just in the greatness of human ability, but it's through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray for the Marlers that you will anoint their writings and anoint their ministry and touch lives everywhere they go. We thank you for them. We thank you for the many things they've done for the French family and all the times that they saved us and helped us. We praise you for that. He's been a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for people that are there when you need them and, and they're a blessing in your life? It's not, it's not all about how you feel. And that shocks some Pentecostals. All we want to do is feel all the time. Nothing wrong with feeling. I, I think we need to be feeling it. But it is about the truth. Right, right. When you get the truth, you're going to feel all right. Hallelujah. But you need the truth. And I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. I want us to bow our heads one more time. And I want to, I want to pray a special prayer. And let's, let's trust the Lord. Heavenly Father tonight. Lord, this has been the Lord's day. We thank you for a very blessed weekend. And I thank you tonight because this is a beautiful crowd. I thank you for every life that is chosen to hear this message. What means everything to God. Lord, I want it to mean everything to me. And I know that there are people here right now, Lord, that are determining in their hearts that they're going to, they're going to make that the most important thing in their lives. And I praise you for it. And I ask God that you will send a revival to this church that will come like a mighty rushing wind and fill this house with your glory. Not just emotion, but the power of God that will shake the foundations of hell and change our lives. And we give you praise for it. We praise you for it because we know it's coming. Come on, put your hands together. Let's thank God for what he's going to do. And let's tell him we believe him tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I need every one of you to shake all of my family, all their hands. Don't let them get out. I want you to go right to them. Shake every one of their hands, especially Sandra. Just go right to Sandra and shake her hand because we don't know when they'll be back. But uh, God bless you. Thank you for being here, and you're dismissed. In Jesus' name, be sure to greet the Marlers and go get their new books. God bless you. <laughs>